Hey, it's Bob Stoffer. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to Oilers Now ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer, weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. Edmonton was high on my list. Um, they got a lot of skill up front, and I think they have a bright future ahead. I still don't have a Stanley Cup, so I think joining this team is pretty exciting. Uh, when I look at the potential that the lineup has. My decision was uh, pretty easy, obviously, with those high-caliber players they have on their roster, and just being in the hockey city uh, made my decision real easy. This is Ryan Eugene Hopkins. This is Oscar Platt. This is Malala. This is Cam Talbot. This is Connor McDavid from your Edmonton Oilers. This is oil country. And this is Oilers. Now with Bob Stoffer. Brought to you by Digitex. Service for all brands of print equipment in your office? Yeah, Digitex does that. D I G I T E X dot C A. Now, Bob Stoffer on the official radio station of your Edmonton Oilers, 630 Shed. Joining you, this is Oilers Now. We go a little old school Florida with Leonard Skinner to open up today's show, which might have an old school theme. Oilers Now, brought to you by Digitex, trusted by 630 Chet. Visit their new e-commerce site, order supplies, printers, and more at digitex.ca. Coming up on today's edition of Oilers Now, a recap of uh, last night's Difficult second of a back-to-back against one of the best teams in the NHL right now. Well, right now they've got the best record in the NHL, the Tampa Bay Lightning. Uh, We'll have lots of thoughts on the game, on things that happened in the context of the game as we wait for some news in relation to something that happened in the game uh, last night. Uh, We'll hear from Oilers head coach Todd McClellan as well as uh, Ryan Strom, who uh, got off the schneid last night by scoring a goal. And, uh, yeah, Brendan Escott and myself will have some opinions on last night's game and an incident or two from last night's game. 12.35 today from NHL Hockey and Rogers, Hockey Night in Canada's Craig Simpson. 105, U coming up on our River Creek Resort Casino hotline. Uh, they've got Super Bingo at the River Cree Resort and Casino Saturday, November 24th, with a total of $90,000 in guaranteed cash to be won 
For details, head to River Cree Resort and uh, Casino, rivercreeresort.com. And we're going to get to your text as well on our Heartland Ford text line. Don't buy a new or pre-owned Ford without giving Heartland a chance. Experience the difference of Heartland Ford just 20 minutes outside of Edmonton in Fort Saskatchewan. Jay Woodcroft, the head coach of the Bakersfield Condors, will join us on today's edition of Oilers Now at 1.35. So uh, the Oilers uh, lose for the second consecutive night against a team that was in the Eastern Conference Final. Because, of course, last year it was Washington and Tampa in the Eastern Conference Final. Uh, Oilers in a stretch, seven games in 11 days, nine games in 15 days. That seven-game and 11-day stretch should be noted in six different cities. The Oilers, uh, for me, the, the most challenging specific game that I highlighted back in July was this game last night in Tampa Bay. I thought, uh, knowing the context of the travel, that would be going to Germany and Sweden, then into Boston, then to New York, then home for a day to Edmonton, then to Winnipeg, uh, then home for... Jeez, uh, uh, did I miss a game? Maybe I did. Home for uh, four games, then back on the road into uh, Nashville and Chicago, then back home for a couple games, and then, oh, by the way, back on the road, Detroit, Washington, Tampa Bay. Seven games in 11 days for the Oilers, and they get uh, two of the best teams in the Eastern Conference, the teams that met last year's Eastern Conference final. And I thought that was going to be a difficult matchup, to say the least. Uh, the Oilers wrap up a 16-game part of the schedule that I took a look at. I kind of broke the games down into segments and figured the Oilers needed to be 500 at the 16-game mark. Well, they're 8-6-1 and one after last night's loss. As we go to our Direct Workwear Oilers Now audio vault. Direct Workwear for product knowledge, compliancy, great pricing, and innovation. DirectWorkwear.com, an Edmonton-based company. Jack Michaels with the call of the Oilers 5-2 loss against Tampa. Alongside Bob Stoffer, I'm Jack Michaels with a play-by-play tonight from Tampa, Florida. Edmonton starting Miko Koskinen in the pipes. Stamkos, give and go, shoots and scores from Kucherov. And the Lightning take a 1-0 lead. A shot that was redirected in front of backhander save. What a sprawling stop on Kucherov by Koskinen. Reaching without his stick to get it with his glove hand. Takes it toward the net, button hooks. Centers, open man, Gore. Backhander save, rebound, score, Braden point. 2 Tampa. On the left-hand side, Kajula stays onside. Strom to the null. Shoots and scores. Ryan Strom is off the schneid. He just beat Andre Vasilevsky, and that's his first goal in 24 games. He's always had a good shot. Maybe that's the sort of thing that can get him going. Pressure from Tampa. Raddy challenges the point. Shot McDonough tipped home, and the Lightning right back in front by two. It's 3-1. to one. Feathered to Stamkos, loading up, centering Kucherov, shoots and scores. 4-1. Nugent Hopkins, side of the net, Raddy, backdoor, one-timer, score. And Edmonton's not dead yet. Kucherov, right circle, shoots, scores. Squeeze through Koskinen and rolled across the goal line. And Strom will shoot it in, and that will be all. Tampa 5, Edmonton 2, that's your final. So the Tampa Bay Lightning, a very good team, beat a fatigued Edmonton Oilers squad. The final score, 5-2. Todd McClellan's postgame thoughts on the game. 
difference here was we played back to back and it took us a little while for us to, to find our legs, although I thought we were maybe even more resilient tonight, believe it or not. Um, goal at the end of the second didn't help us at all, or even after we scored to make it 2-1 and they quickly uh, they quickly scored. Um, they're a really good team. They're really fast. They uh, did some damage, damage against us going lateral a lot uh, from one side of the rink to the other. And... Um, you know, they're, uh, they're in first place. They're a favorite right now for a reason. We've got some work to do to catch up to them, but uh, I believe we can get there. All right, that's Oilers head coach Todd McClellan, who uh, went a little bit further in discussing the fatigue factor. And again, I, I mean, Todd made an interesting comment there. To be honest with you, and I put the tweet out before the game, I was quite concerned about last night's game. Uh, and by the way, special thanks to Mark Spector for pinch hitting for me yesterday and Brendan Escott for doing a lot of work to put the show together, but uh, been battling things here on and off over the last three weeks. Uh, but fatigue, and what was Vince Lombardi's line? Fatigue makes cowards of us all. And uh, the first thing that goes with fatigue is, uh, is usually mental fatigue, and that results in less sharpness. And I think we've seen that a bit in the orders in and around the goal. Here's Todd McClellan on the fatigue factor. Well, look, we've we've lost our last two, and um, you know, for me to sit here and say hey, the group's tired would probably look like I'm giving them an excuse. But it is a it's a taxing time right now for our team. We're looking forward to a, a day to regroup in in Florida tomorrow. I hope everybody uh, takes the day to, to f- try and fill the tank uh, before we try and finish this road trip at 500. So this is uh, year 11 for me doing color, and uh, you know what. In the, in the first couple of years when you're privileged enough to be around the team, and I mean around the team. So you're, you know, you're, you're on the plane, you fly in, you, you check in all the hotels, those sort of things. Hey, it's a great life. Don't get me wrong. For a broadcaster, it's a terrific, it's the top of the world. It's the best job you can have in a, in a market like Edmonton. Uh, but the one thing you learn over time is how to read a team and how to read the body language of a team. And when you see the morning availabilities the next day on the second of the back-to-backs, you can tell uh, when our groups beat down. And, you know, I, I'm going to relay a story. I've had two of the most prominent players of the Oilers' terrific runs in the 1980s. And I know there's some of you that text the show on our Heartland Ford text line that say there's way too much talk of the old boys. But those great Oilers' 80s teams always had problems winning in places like Boston and Philadelphia during the regular season. Because usually what would happen is those would be in the middle of lengthy road trips or a fair amount of games on the road and the travel would catch up to them and uh, and frankly even back then I would maybe assert that the road travel was harder because you're on commercial flights and that sort of thing uh, but it is a factor and energy levels have been a factor as well and uh, Tampa has a really good team and the orders have to have everything pulling in their direction uh, to be up to the challenge, and you know, when they're, when they're, when you're playing a game in Washington that ends at 10 o'clock Washington time, you don't fly out until 11:30, 11:45. You get to your hotel room at 2:30. Uh, you have an 11:30 availability, and you can see and feel the fatigue on the players just looking at them as they go out of their stretch into their team meeting before the media availability. You can tell, and so this was the first time I sensed a bit of that it was yesterday. And, and again, back to the schedule. I looked at the schedule back in July, and I said, Washington, Tampa Bay, two Eastern Conference finalists. Uh, even the guys from Tampa Bay were saying it's pretty rare the teams get a Washington and Tampa Bay back-to-back. Usually it's a 
Florida-Tampa Bay back-to-back or a Carolina-Tampa Bay back-to-back, uh, almost never Washington because Washington's a tough town to get out of. And unless you've done it, unless you've been on in that situation, look, there's there's people out there listening to the show right now, and and I, I'm with you. I have you know my family's back in Edmonton. I know you're going through a, a brutal time weather-wise, but when it comes to travel, there's a lot of you that don't actually like t- t- traveling and knocks the snot out of you. These guys get conditioned to it, but even they get run down during the course of the year. And so seven games and 11 nights, to my surprise, the others didn't have a lot of uh, reserve uh, energy in that game. Absolutely not. That's That was one of the times of the year that I was concerned that it would be a tough matchup for the hockey club. And frankly, they created a fair amount of opportunities. And Vasilevsky made some terrific saves on the game. And speaking of, speaking of Andre Vasilevsky, here's Oilers head coach, Todd McClellan. Yeah, their goaltender was tremendous. He made uh, he made numerous saves, um, you know, on the power play. That's as good as our power plays looked. And uh, we moved the puck around. And sometimes you run into a hot goaltender. Um, you have to tip your hat to to the saves he made uh, because if we do get back into it, there maybe it's a different game. And he made some terrific saves. The save he made off Ty Ratty was ridiculous. The save he made off Leon Drysaddle in on the second period ridiculous. What are scoring either of those situations? different hockey game. So, the better team won. Tampa Bay was the better team. They deserved to win the game. The Oilers still have an opportunity for a split on the road if they win in Florida, which inexplicably they have not lost down here since 1999. So again, I'm in year 11 doing color. I've never broadcast a game that the Oilers have lost in Florida. Let's hope that trend continues for the Oilers' sake because if, if they start the year in the first 16 games, with a 9-6-1 and one record, I would suggest most of you that are listening to orders now would say that is a pretty good accomplishment. Uh, you know, 8-7-1, and seven, one, well, now you're talking a three-game losing streak. But for the orders, uh, today is a CBA-mandated off day. The team needs it after the back-to-back. Let's see if they can get some reserve energy going. All right, uh, we beat around the bush enough here. You know where we're going next. Brendan, a lot has been made and discussed last night last night about what occurred with Milan Lucic. And again, you can text us on our Heartland 4 text uh, line at 630-630. And uh, let's, uh, let's get it started. Uh, last night, first shift of the game, Matthew Joseph right in front of the Oilers bench got away with a clear interference on the Edmonton Oilers' Ryan Nugent Hopkins. Okay, there is about three, uh, what we've seen here and here's the thing. If you're watching the game on TV, and most of you are watching the games on TV, as as a lot of the knowledgeable hockey guys out there realize, as good as the television coverage is, you don't necessarily see all the backside interference stuff. And, uh, look, we have some really intelligent people that text the show and listen to the show and care about uh, the product and all that sort of stuff. Allow me to suggest to you, over the course of the last two weeks, we've seen the whistles get put away on interference and the lightning had a couple guys last night in matthew joseph uh cedric paquette that were finishing hits after pucks had been passed off uh that were interfering angling off uh joseph got a piece of nugent hopkins on the first shift raced across the ice hopped inside and low bridge connor mcdavid uh on the second shift of the game which was surprising because i didn't see that sort of game from Matthew Joseph, and I recall him being on the World Junior Team the one year. Uh, And then, of course, in the third period, he hit Chris Russell from behind, 
and Jujarkera and Zach Cassian both uh, uh, requested that they honor him and square up and fight. And he didn't take the fight. So Milan Lucic looked at the game, 5-2 game, you know, looked at the situation and said, I'm going to assume, you know, I got to send a message here. And so, Joe, and for those of you that naively believe Joseph didn't know what was coming, come on, man. Be smarter than that. Absolutely, he knew what was coming. Okay? You can't play the game uh, as greasily as Matthew Joseph did and not expect something to come your way. And so Lucic got a good piece out of him and then gave him a little, a little face wash, and that's that. I would argue that Matthew Joseph is lucky this wasn't 10 years ago because he probably would have been popped with the glove off. But if you're going to play that way, you're going to bear the responsibility. Three things needed to happen for that to stop. Number one, the officials, and this is becoming an ongoing trend, they call a lot of penalties early in the year. They stop calling uh, interference penalties. Again, when you're in the building, as uh, many of you would have seen McDavid come down the left side of the ice in the first period. Obviously, clearly, uh, there was an infraction that they completely missed. He was basically tackled on the play, no call. Well, there was two or three other ones like that even before that, behind the scenes where they're sitting there hooking and grabbing. The only explanation I have for it is that Connor McDavid moves so fast that the officials aren't in good enough position to make the calls. Because surely it can't be because the officials don't want to make the calls. But when the officials don't police the game, and then when Joseph goes and boards, that's a boarding penalty. Milan Lucic earlier this season got a penalty for hitting a guy too hard. It wasn't even boarding. Yes, the referee told him, you hit him too hard, so I called a penalty. So when you board Chris Russell, right now there's... 600 guys at Edmonton playing men's league hockey that know damn well if you hit a guy, and sometimes guys get hit in men's league, it happens. You hit a guy, you better be prepared to be accountable. So Matthew Joseph goes and drills Chris Russell, has two guys on the ice challenge him, and he doesn't take the fight. I watched Doug Gilmore square up once with Stu Grimson. Please. Tell me that Matthew Joseph couldn't take that battle against either Kara or Cassian. If that had happened, nothing would have occurred. So Lucic sent a little message. It happens. Brennan, I'd like to get your thoughts. Yeah, well, I think I'm a, I'm a lot more new school than you, Bob. And if you look at a lot of the major incidents that have happened in the league over the past, you know, couple of decades, I think back to Marty McSorley on Donald Brashear. I think back to Todd Bertuzzi. That's 20, year, that's 20 years ago. Exactly. Marty McSorley on Donald you, Brashear. You know, and so hockey is, is obviously a very different game, but that principle remains the same. If you don't want to answer the bell for what you've done, and he, Joseph knows down well when he's being a weasel. He knows what he's out there trying to accomplish. If you don't drop the gloves and own up to that right away, it's going to come back to bite you later. I don't care if it's 2018 or 1998. It doesn't matter, right? That's that's where I stand on it. So I have absolutely zero issue with Lucic doing what he did. And, you know, uh, I was surprised. I, I put a tweet out following last night's game. And, again, uh, we're on Twitter, Bob underscore Stoffer. Brennan's at Brennan S. Scott. 
Matthew Joseph and Cedric Paquette have been running around all game in the new NHL zero accountability fort. Joseph stunned Chris Russell to hit earlier in the third. Lucic went old school, 5-2 game, have no problem with it. I would say 85% of the people that responded were in support. I was actually surprised. Maybe the other 15% are just, uh, what do they call those, Oiler trollers? Maybe, or they just hate Lucic. I, you know what? That's that's part of what's – sometimes that's – if they're not going to police the game, then the players have to police themselves. Here's Todd McClellan on uh, the Lucic uh, incident involving uh, Matthew Joseph. No, there's nothing wrong with that. We felt that a uh, player took a liberty with Chris Russell. Um, uh, I, I agree with the liberty part of it. And, um, you know, part of the reason we have Lucic to take care of teammates, and he did that. All right, Ryan Strom on Lucic standing up for his guys. I mean, the league is cracking down a lot of little whacks and slashes, which is fine, but I think, you know, sometimes you got to protect a guy gets ran from behind, and he wrestles cut on his face. So, I mean, like I said, it's, it's a game of emotion. A lot of things happen. The referees, I mean, it's easy for us on replay and everyone, but, I mean, they have to do it in a lifetime. So, um, I guess it happens, but um, I don't think many guys in our team have an issue with what he did. Well, and it comes down to this. Uh, the league apparently is going to have a hearing, a phone hearing with Milan Lucic today. We'll see what happens. But the next time the Oilers play the Tampa Bay Lightning, it is going to be incumbent upon Edmonton to play inside the jerseys of Steven Stamkos and Nikita Chucherov and remind them of Matthew Joseph and Cedric Paquette. And this has been a bit of an issue for the Lightning come crunch time, critical times the last two years when they've been up three games to two in series. There's some people that believe that they haven't had that extra bit of moxie. I'd like to get your thoughts on this as well. Uh, we'll have several themes throughout the course of today's show. It's 1225 at Edmonton. When we come back in two minutes' time, we'll get to NHL Today. It is brought to you by Elite Promotional Marketing. This is Oilers Now. This is Oscar Clefbaum from your Edmonton Oilers, and you're listening to Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer on 630 Shed. Text on a Peace River. Bob, the NHL schedule makers lost the game for the Oilers last night. Uh, not the Oilers. Back-to-back games 1,500 kilometers away. Ridiculous. That text comes to us out of Peace River. Let's get to NHL today. It's brought to you by Elite Promotional Marketing. Here's Brendan Escott. Light night in the NHL tonight. Only three games. Calgary, the only Canadian team in action. They're down in Anaheim. Nashville visiting Colorado. And the Capitals entertaining the Penguins. Penguins starting Casey DeSmith in goal. Former Oiler uh, Yussi Jokinen has signed in the Swiss League. He's now 35 years old, was on a professional tryout offer with the Red Wings, did not make the team this year. Uh, Golden Knights forward Eric Halla was stretchered off last night after falling awkwardly on his leg uh, on the bump by Patrick Marlowe. No word yet on how much time he's going to miss, but I would expect a long time. Bakersfield returned to action tomorrow. It's an 8.30 a.m. puck drop in the Midwest against the Iowa Wild. We'll uh, definitely have to get Jay Woodcroft's thoughts on that exceptionally early start. Oil Kings return to action on Friday in Cranbrook, B.C. against Kootenai. And the U of A Golden Bears welcome the Regina Cougars to the Claire Drake for 7 p.m. games on Friday and Saturday, Bob. Oh, man, we got some terrific texts in. We don't have a lot of time to get to them. We're going to get back uh, a little bit later on in the show to the text line. we got Craig Simpson coming up. You guys are heated and fired up, and it's going to get even nastier, trust me. Off to a global news weather traffic update with Eileen Bell. Back with Craig Simpson. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad.